What's going on, Faithfuls? This is your boy Mike from 49ers Gab. I'm here to bring you guys a nice, calm, and cool podcast. Nothing too hype, nothing too upbeat. Just my guy John Mayer waiting on the world to change. I'm sitting here waiting for the draft to come. We're all waiting for something, right? 49ers land, everything is pretty slow, pretty calm. So I figured that's how I feel. I want the music to reflect that, all right? But before we get into the details of what's going to happen in this podcast, I want to let you guys know where to find me. Again, this is Mike from 49ers Gab. You can check me out there on Twitter. You can check out the Facebook page, 49ers Gab. You can check out the Periscope page, 49ers Gab. Shoot me an email if you'd like, 49ersGridironGab at gmail.com. All right? I mean, we're everywhere. Check out the Instagram page, 49ers Gab. That's how you find us. If you're on something on social media, search for 49ers Gab. Got a strong possibility of us being there, okay? So uh, listen, guys. It's a slow time of the year. Not much is happening. People are literally begging for rumors. We're looking to hear, feel anything concerning these 49ers, all right? So since nothing's going on, I've been digging. I've been searching for something to talk about on the podcast. I found a couple of things. So, in today's episode, you're going to hear from our CEO, Jed York, and you're going to hear from our GM, John Lynch. In addition to those guys, I have a very special fan of the podcast. Uh, He sent me a nice message. I'm going to play that today, and I'm going to respond to what he has to say. All right? Um, It's going to be great. I hope you guys are ready for it. I'm going to jump into all of that right now. Okay? So, the first thing I want to start with is the CEO, some people call him the owner, but Jed York. Jed York uh, joined Matt Mayoko on the Niners, the 49ers Insider Podcast, and there were some pretty interesting things discussed there. So I want to break that down just a little bit. I'm not going to you know, do too much. Let me stop the music in the background. I'm not going to do too much about it, but I want you guys to check this out. Hear what Jed York and Matt Mayoko discussed. This first part is going to be about Jed York reflecting on the last two seasons. The last couple of years haven't exactly been a pool party for, for the 49ers. How, how difficult has it been? I, I mean, they haven't been a pool party, but I think my approach is always be aggressive. Try to shoot for the stars. Try to make sure that you're shooting for – I don't want to be a 9-7 and seven team. You know, I, that's just not what I'm aiming to do. And if you make mistakes, make them quickly, learn from them, and move on. And I think we certainly made mistakes with our last two hires. And I think Kyle is going to be a great addition to this team and to this franchise and somebody that we can build around for the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me just stop there. First of all, he flat out admitted the last two years are a mistake. Again, people have been dying for an apology from Jed York. This is now the second one that I've heard him say in in a public forum for the last two seasons. Tom Sula and Chip Kelly were mistakes. He's admitted as much. And I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. But the reason I played this is because of what he said about Kyle Shanahan. This is something that we can build around for the next 10, 20, 30 years. So pay attention to the people that Kyle Shanahan employs under him, especially after the six years are up. Look for a protege to be in the system. I expect Kyle Shanahan to get an extension. It sounds like Jed York does too. But at some point, 
when it's time to move on from Kyle Shanahan, 10, 15, 20 years later, if he's that good, um, expect there to be a protege. But Jed York wasn't quite done. Listen to the rest of what he had to say. Really, what I'd like to do, the more that you can stay stable and the more that you can have the same people that are running your organization, the better chance you have for long-term sustained success. And that's really what we're looking at. And, and I think we have the right people to, to really build this franchise from the football perspective. Now, when I heard that, I immediately thought of the Patriots. I immediately thought of Tom Brady. I immediately thought of Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft just chilling. All right? I mean, really, who else has been there consistently? Assistant coaches have come and gone, but the head coach and GM who are the same person in New England, have stayed the same along with their quarterback. Now, the Niners don't have a quarterback right now, but I'm sure we'll find one. We'll find one soon in the next two seasons. I think so. And in addition to that, the head coach and the GM have been linked. Now, they're not the same person. However, they have the same contract, came in the same year. It's looking like this is going to be a good partnership, okay? So I really, really like what I heard from Jed York concerning not only the past and him apologizing for it, calling it a flat-out mistake, but also concerning the future. And let me let me let me say something really quick about calling your decisions a mistake in public. That that takes a lot. That takes a lot. I can say, you know, I made a decision. I thought it was the right decision. It turns out it wasn't. I don't control everything. There's plenty of ways that he could have said it, but he flat out said it was a mistake. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. That is showing change, that is showing growth in this CEO, this owner, as some would say, and Jed York. So something else that was very interesting to me from this uh, interview with Matt Mayoko, again, for the 49ers Insider Podcast, and thanks for the audio, Matt, uh, was that Jed York dropped another nugget concerning Kyle Shanahan's connection to the 49ers. Now, we know that the last couple of seasons, um, Kyle Shanahan's dad, Mike Shanahan, was one of the final contenders. I don't know what you want to call him. Uh, one of the file candidates, final candidates for the head coaching position. But Jed York drops a nugget that links Kyle Shanahan to it. All right, and I want you guys to hear this. I tell this story about Kyle, and I don't know if I've told it publicly, but the first time that we, we met, you know, Kyle had three or four interviews in two days, and, I mean, everything was kind of jam-packed. And we were later at night, and, you know, we're trying to fly different places. He's trying to meet with different people. And, you know, obviously we, we had talked to his father the last two seasons, and, and his father was a finalist for our job two seasons in a row. And... You know, Kyle was actually discussed potentially being Jimmy T's offensive coordinator. And Did you guys hear that? Kyle Shanahan was supposed to be Jim Tom Sula's offensive coordinator. Guys, there was actually a plan in place. Does that mean that there was a real plan in place? Like, remember when Jim Harbaugh first got fired? Then we heard about almost getting Adam Gase and Balky blowing that up at the end. And then we heard all the rumors about there is no plan. They just wanted Harbaugh gone. They didn't care about anything else. Well, now it kind of seems like maybe there was something brewing there. Maybe they did have a plan, you know? And 
I'm gonna I'm gonna continue the rest of what Jed has to say here, but I think it's pretty interesting that they considered him for Tom Sula's offensive coordinator. But he he says a little bit more here. And remember, we're looking for growth in the CEO. We're looking for someone who looks like they have a long-term plan, not just right now. Don't worry about putting butts in the seats right now. Show the people you really want to win, and you're in this for the long haul. That's what we're looking for. Listen to this. So so you didn't know quite how things were going to go sitting down with somebody in that situation. And I said, you know, I was looking for a coach who was going to be here for a longer period of time. And, and I said, you know, honestly, if your dad said that he wanted to bring you as his coordinator and that was kind of the succession plan, said maybe things would have gone different. I don't know. And, and we got into that conversation. That's it. That's it. So it was, hey, we're going to hire somebody as a head coach. Your dad is one of the candidates. Do you want to be the offensive coordinator and succeed him later? Jed York actually had a plan. And what's pretty cool is that this came full circle. So they wanted Kyle Shanahan three seasons ago as an offensive coordinator. That was definitely Atlanta. That was 100% Atlanta that he took. But he, he remained patient. He kept his eye on the progress of that man. And now he's here. Damn it. I love it. I absolutely love it. That shows that Jed York, not only did he have a plan, he wasn't sure if the plan was a good one. He stepped back. He didn't panic. And here he is today, righting his wrongs of the past. That's going to benefit the 49ers and the faithful in the long run. Good job, Jed. So something else that happened in this interview that really piqued my interest was um, Mayoko, he's such a respectful guy, and he has a way of asking good questions or the hard-hitting questions in such a friendly and calm manner that you don't realize that they're hard-hitting questions. So, for example, what I'm about to play is him asking, how'd you guys keep your mouth shut? How'd you not leak the information about John Lynch? This is no longer about Kyle Shanahan. How'd you not leak it? How did no one find out that you guys were interviewing him? Now, if this was, let's say, I don't know, maybe a Grant Cohn, or if this was maybe even Eric Branch or Tim Kawakami, they probably would have said something along the lines of what I just said. You, you guys did a good job of keeping it quiet. How'd you stop the leaks from getting out? You know, but listen to how Matt Mayoko phrases this question. But more importantly, listen to the reaction of Jed York here. Yeah, you guys kept it under wraps that, that he was interviewing up until when the announcement was made. Did you guys reach out to to uh, John Elway? Or, I mean, did anybody else outside that building know? You know, did you, did you ask people about John Lynch? I mean, it was... It was hard to do diligence and keep it quiet. And we definitely did diligence. I don't want to share all the folks that we reached out to, um, but we definitely did diligence. And, you know, it's, I mean, you know, it's not easy to keep things quiet in the NFL and under wraps, especially something that's that high level. But we were certainly able to do a lot of research on him from folks that we know. And, I mean, you get to feel comfortable with John very, very quickly when you meet him in person. Guys. I think the outside of the norm leaks are done. That's really what I got from that. Not only did we, but we we can keep things quiet. We can keep things quiet. All right. So a little thing that um, a little tiny, you know, something something that happened in this interview, I want to play. Um, 
I don't know if you guys remember, but when the reports were out that they were interviewing the finalists for the GM position, and it was the guys from Green Bay and the guy from Minnesota, right? And then they kept saying there was this mystery guy out at lunch. I think he kind of mentions that guy here. So hold on a second. I want to see if I can find this clip and play that for you. Sort of broke off where, where Brian and Prague left and sort of left the two of us. I mean, I let him know very... Okay, 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 okay. So I'm going to rewind it. I'm going to let it run a little bit longer so you can hear better. But he said Brian left. He says Brian and Prague left and just left the two of us. Now, in this interview, he's still talking about Kyle Shanahan, but I remember people saying that they saw Jed interviewing GM candidates with some mystery man, and a lot of us thought that maybe it was John Lynch. I'm thinking maybe it was this Brian character, so listen again. Check this out, okay? said that he wanted to bring you as his coordinator, and that was kind of the succession plan. said maybe things would have gone different. I don't know, and, and we got into that conversation, and when it sort of broke off where, where Brian and Prague left and sort of left the two of us, did you hear it? Brian and Parag left. So I started digging and digging and digging and digging. Let me tell you guys what I found about maybe who this Brian guy is. So what I found out is that there's only two Bryants currently on the 49ers staff. Okay. One is Brian Itanen, who is just an information technology engineer. And I'm like, why would Jed bring him along on these interviews? Then I found the other Brian. Brian Hampton, all right? Now, he's listed on the team's web website under personnel and scouting. So I looked a little deeper, and I found out he is the director of football administration and analytics, all right? He's in his 13th season with the 49ers and the 7th as a director of football administration and analytics. It says Hampton previously served as the team's manager of football operations for two seasons and as an analyst before that. He originally joined the 49ers as a football operations intern in late 2003. Well, he's been with the team for quite some time. All right. It says in his current role, Hampton is responsible for contract negotiations, strategic planning, and management of the club's players' compensation budget and salary cap. And that's why this guy would have been along with Jed while meeting with the likes of Kyle Shanahan and the likes of John Lynch. Okay contract negotiations he needs to know what these people are interested in and how to handle it so i think i solved the puzzle of the mystery man now you guys you can tell me i'm crazy you can let me know that you think i'm crazy i'm nuts and that this guy had absolutely nothing to do with anything and guess what i wouldn't even bat an eye i wouldn't argue with you at all i am a little off i'm okay with that i've accepted it you guys have been listening to this podcast long enough i'm sure you all have accepted it too Okay, so that's that. I just had to get that out of the way because, you know, I tell you guys all the time my brain races and all these conspiracy theories and all that stuff. This was just something else that was bothering me. I've been wanting to know who I thought this third mystery guy was along for these GM negotiations. And I was like, I, I at one point I had convinced myself that John Lynch was the guy sitting in interviewing the other GMs. And then I was like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. If he's in consideration, hasn't been the official GM, why would he be listening to the other conversations? Boom. There it is. Brian Hampton. Okay. Okay. Next subject. 
And the, the last thing I want to play from this interview, and this has this is nothing of substance, it's nothing deep, it's nothing that I uncovered that I feel like everyone needs to know and make sure you remember this when you go to sleep tonight. No, it's nothing like that. This was just kind of fun, all right? Jed York is in love with the GM and head coach that he has here now. I mean, he gave John Lynch possibly one of the highest compliments I've heard one grown man give to another. Okay, so listen to the question Mayoko asked. He's, he's asking him about John Lynch and if he knew him before the interview process, before um, Kyle recommended him and all that kind of stuff. But I want you to hear how he reacts to the question. Listen to how, what he calls John Lynch. It's, it's pretty impressive. Check this out. He just seems, I mean, very first impression of him is, I mean, he, he's one impressive guy. He's Captain America. He's Captain America. Did you guys hear that? He called that man Captain America. I can't tell you that I've ever called anybody Captain America. I don't know if I've ever referred to Captain America as Captain America. That's what he just did. He's Captain America. I absolutely love it. Apparently, so does Jed. Okay, let me let that go. So that's that, those those are all the little nuggets and notes that I made while listening to the Mayoko podcast, okay? So again, the 49ers Insider Podcast by Matt Mayoko. If you guys don't listen to it already, be sure you stop by and check it out. Got, got a couple of episodes already, and there's some, there's some things to grab from it, okay? It's the Insider Podcast. You get some inside information, all right? So again... The 49ers Insider Podcast by Matt Mayoko. Do yourselves a favor and give it a listen. So moving on from that, I want to play you guys something else. And this is going to be Kyle Shanahan on NFL Network discussing finding a quarterback with the number two overall pick. The question specifically is, um, do you think there's a franchise quarterback and this group coming out in the draft this year that's worth taking with your number two overall pick. And I absolutely love the way he answers this question because it's true, and I'm sure he's just absolutely tired of being asked it. So there's, I mean, there's a possibility always, but I don't care who the coach is, who the general manager is. No one can guarantee anything. It's, it's a process, and uh, everyone is looking for that franchise quarterback, and people have found him with the first pick in the draft. People have found him in the sixth round. Um, you know, everyone knows all the stories that have gone, so that's why you have to look at everyone, and you got to value that and know where people are going to go, and just because the first guy taken doesn't mean he's going to be the best guy, and sometimes the last guy can be the best guy. You never know, and you, it's not obvious all the time. you got to look into everything thing and um everyone is taking their best educated guess and that's why you got to put a lot of work into it now what did i take away from that what was the point of me playing what he just said i'll tell you nobody knows admittedly our head coach who was seen as a quarterback guru does not know which quarterback is going to work out you can study the film. You can think that guy has the traits that you're looking for. You can think they're good. But like he said, everyone's taking their best educated guess. That's it, guys. So I like Alec Torgerson. You like Kaiser. The next guy likes Watson. It, it does, Trubisky, it doesn't matter. We're all just taking a guess. We just got to see what happens. All right? But that's that. <clears throat> There's something else that I wanted to play. And this was going to be John Lynch, okay? And... 
John Lynch is talking on NFL Network. So let me let me just go ahead and pull that clip up, and I'm going to play that one for you right now. And again, this is the same exact question, just from someone different. Are you going to take a quarterback at number two that's worth it? That It's the same question. So here it is. Um, sure. You know, we took a, a swing last week. I did, and we were at North Carolina's Pro Day. Uh, we had a private workout with Deshaun Watson, and we saw Deshaun Kaiser at his Pro Day. So back-to-back-to-back days, I think it was a really efficient and effective way to do it because we got to really compare them against each other while it was fresh in our minds. And I think as much as you study film and the film speaks in this league, there is some value to seeing it in person. Uh, we got to time with each of them. And uh, I said it right when I was hired and really had started to study these guys. I thought they were getting a bad rap. They each have reasons why maybe people think they shouldn't go to. Uh, in Trubisky's case, he's only started 13 games. But they also, you turn on the tape with each of them, and they have redeeming qualities that make you say, wow, this guy would be a part of it. So we're evaluating them. We'll continue to do so. And Kyle and I, yes, um, one of the things, the first things we talked about, you got to have the franchise quarterback. And we know that. Um, we're in search of it, and we're looking at every avenue uh, to try to get that. A long-winded guy. Uh, this interview told me two things. One, John Lynch has really weird ears, okay? I know that sounds random, but go to the website, look at the NFL Network section of the videos, and just watch this clip. He's with Steve Weiss. Look at his ear. His right ear is staring me in my face the entire time. It's just weird. Uh, it, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's it's like a little elf ear, okay? But whatever. Um, the other thing that I learned is that they aren't opposed to the qualities in these quarterbacks. They see some things. Now, this could be him just fluffing and talking up guys to, you know. I mean, if the only knock that you have against Mitch, Mitch Trubisky is that he's only done it for a season, that's not much of a knock at all, you know? So maybe they see something. But one thing they do agree on is that every good rebuild and every good team has that franchise quarterback. They're needed. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're absolutely needed. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. That's pretty much all I have concerning live interviews and audio and things like that that I'm going to play for you guys. Um, the The only other thing I can really think of that needs to happen now is for me to get to this fan call. All right? So... This is, this is someone who has wrote, written long emails. I get DMs from this person. He's a very, very faithful follower. And, th- and I have a couple of you guys who, who are always on my butt about keeping the podcast content good, keeping the content loaded, and keeping them coming on a regular basis. And let me tell you guys, it's not annoying. I truly, truly appreciate it, okay? Um, but this guy, I'm impressed with his... Mm, his regularity with the podcast and how often he keeps up with it. All right. And so I'm going to play this message from him. It's a question. It's going to be as if he called in on the podcast. All right. So I want you guys to check him out. Check. Just uh, thank you so much. Just, just listen to this. This is Stefan also known as on Twitter, J A V nine, five underscore. So this is time that he took out to send me a message all the way from Germany. Now I know it's, you know, it's not like he wrote a letter and mailed it. And this is back in the days where we didn't have, you know, planes and mail was coming from boats overseas and all that. But I'm just saying that it takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. 
I truly, truly appreciate it. So I'm going to play this entire message and I'm going to respond accordingly. Okay. So again, this is Stefan from Germany, JAV95 underscore on Twitter. I suggest you guys give him a follow. This guy can talk 49ers all day long. Check him out. Hey, Mike. How's it going? First of all, hello to all your listeners. I'm Stefan at JAV95 underscore on Twitter. You can follow me there. And I'd like to share a couple of thoughts on the team and the draft. I must say, so far, I'm pretty excited about what I saw. Um, Shannon and Lynch are really likable and approachable guys. They are changing the culture already. They know how to present themselves and the team. And they were really smart in free agency. Added the players we needed to add addressed the positions we needed to address and still left some holes to fill um, for us in the draft. Those holes, I think, are pass rush, wide receiver and quarterback. In that regard that uh, we didn't have a pass rush for two years, we still don't have a true number one wide receiver and I think we could get a quarterback later um, to groom for Shanahan and to sit behind Brian Hoyer, learn the system, not have to day, start day one and yeah, get accustomed to the NFL uh, in some sort. Um, yeah, I'd probably like us to go um, pass rush first because I think at number two overall we can really get a franchise-altering player who can hopefully be for, uh, there for us for 10 or more years and then I think even in the second round, we can get a true number one wide receiver, whoever that may be. Um, because I think this wide receiver class behind uh, Mike Williams, Corey Davis and John Ross still has some pretty pretty exciting players. And yeah, I think Shannon and Lynch can work wonders um, through this draft. And if they do a pretty good job, I don't think it's unrealistic to uh, say we can win four, five, six, seven games, somewhat in that range, always depending a bit on luck and uh, whatnot. But um, I think, yeah, we are in a pretty good spot right now. Um, if you're thinking about what we had the past two years, and yeah, I'm excited for the future. That's basically all I wanted to say. Thanks for listening. I'm Stefan at JAV95 underscore on Twitter. Follow me there. Um, I probably follow you back. I'm there for the 49ers talk. And yeah, if you want to talk 49ers, I'm always there. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. Bye. So there it is. My guy, Stefan. Oh, my God. Let me tell you that I, I am truly honored to be doing something that people... They, people feel like they need to interact with. I would do this without a single interaction. But the fact that someone takes their time out to record something and send it to me, I truly, truly appreciate it. I know I said that already earlier, but I just want you guys to know how much I mean it. So, Stefan, thank you very, very much for reaching out. And the three needs that you say we, that need to be addressed in the draft are absolutely correct. In order of importance, I honestly don't know. But I will say this. I've been looking at draft Twitter a lot and people talking about what the Niners need and everything. People are saying that we need to go after TJ Hooker first because, you know, we need to shore up that secondary a little bit. I get that. I hear that. I understand it. I accept it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not opposed to that at all. So, my thing is, 
why why there if we can do something else to fix it, right? So what I think that we should do, and now again, this is just my thoughts. This is just what's going on in Mike's crazy head. I think we should go pass rusher first, right? And I'm not going to sit here and name names. doesn't matter. I think we should get the best pass rusher on the board because if you get a good pass rusher, you improve not just one, but two different sections of your defense. One is the defensive line, and two is the secondary. A good pass rush puts pressure on a quarterback and throws off the timing. It causes air throws, and that improves how good your coverage is because now the guys, instead of covering for four seconds, five or six seconds, like what we saw all of last year, they're only covering for two or three seconds. That's what a good pass rush does. doesn't allow routes to be run properly. You know what I mean? It, it causes throws to be the timing just to be off a little bit. All right? So by improving one position, by going out and getting the one spot that can make the team better, it improves two spots. Imagine that, guys. Imagine that. People saying that, we need Foster. Yeah, I get that. And I wouldn't be mad if we picked up Ruben Foster. Wouldn't be mad at that at all. But if we go out and we pick up a dynamite pass rusher, whoever they feel is the best pass rusher in, the, in this draft, other than, I guess if, if you, okay, let's exclude Miles Garrett. But if you exclude Miles Garrett and you say that you're the next guy is the best guy, you go and you get him and improve your secondary, and improve your defensive line. Improve that pass rush. Absolutely. Now, people are going to disagree with that and say that's not the order of, of importance. And they're going to say that the quarterback is the most important position. But with us having Brian Hoyer, someone who's, one, familiar with the system, and two, not horrible, not horrible at the position, I think that that gives us some time to – not rushing to it with the first pick. Now, if they wanted to address the quarterback with the second pick, I wouldn't be mad at that. But if it was up to me, I would go pass rusher first to improve, you know, again, two for one, and then maybe go wide receiver and then take a quarterback. Because this is what I think. Now, this is just my opinion, guys, and that's why you listen to this podcast, okay? I'm tired of saying that disclaimer. I'm done with it. But... I don't think that there's a real solid quarterback in this draft. Everyone is going to be a project. Everyone is going to have to sit for a little bit. So since they have to sit, let's not grab one early. Let's go wide receiver and pass rusher early in the, with those first two picks. Let's do that. Now, if I had it my way, because I think pass rusher is so deep in this draft, I would get the elite wide receiver first, and then I would go out and I would get the pass rusher. And somewhere down the line in this draft, I would get a quarterback that nobody has ever heard of, and I would make him my guy. And I would make him my guy to sit under Brian Hoyer. And if Brian Hoyer got injured, I still don't know if he would play over Matt Barkley. That's how I would get this. I would get this guy, and I would cradle him. And I would make him learn as much as possible. That's what I would do. And then next year, I'm still drafting a quarterback in the first two rounds. Yeah. I'm still doing it, okay? And, look, you know, something else that I liked about Stefan's call there was that he said, we made all these moves. We also left some room for improvement in the draft. 
but realistically, we could win a few games. And he didn't come out and say seven, eight, nine, ten games. He said we could win four or five, maybe six games. That is the most level-headed shit I've ever heard from a fan in my life. I don't think Cleveland Browns fans think they're only going to win six games this season. They don't have a quarterback still. They don't know who their number one wide receiver is going to be. But I think the Cleveland Brown fans are just going to naturally say they're going to win more than six games this year. That is the most level-headed shit ever. Stefan, you're awesome, man. Like, that, that is great. Because realistically, the team won two. The year before that, they won five. There's a ton of holes still. We had so much talent leaving, not much coming back in. And if you're going based off of the talent alone, yeah, I could see where you come up with four or five wins. Now, we won two games last season, but I don't think we were just a two-win two team last season. But things happen. I think a lot of bad coaching was happening in the building, and that's what the results warrant. But I think the coaching will improve this year. I think the roster... I think the roster's a little bit improved, and I'm not the only person who thinks that, by the way. Okay? I am definitely not the only person who thinks the roster is improved. In fact, I have heard our GM name a position that he feels the roster is already better at. And I, you know what? I wasn't going to do that this podcast. I was going to let Stefan and his conversation be the end of it. But I am going to let you guys hear what the GM said he thought was improved on this team. Check this out. I can't wait. I can't wait. Just guess. Just guess. I'm going to give you guys three seconds to guess. Ready? Here we go. What position, if you had to say if any, has been improved this offseason? Ready, set, go. Okay, three seconds is long. So, uh, John Lynch appeared on the PFT Live podcast with Mike Florio. Now, if you follow the 49ers Gab account closely, very closely, you will know that I despise Mike Florio for reasons I won't get into now. However... I listened to this episode because it had nothing to do with Mike Florio and support for him, but it had everything to do with my love and passion for the 49ers. So I had to hear every single thing. But listen to the listen to the question, and Mike Mike is going to ask him, you inherited a mess, tell me how you've improved it. That's pretty much what the question is, okay? So you inherited a team that was 2-14 and 14 a year ago. Give me one or two areas where you can say you're definitely better now than when you walked through the door. Well, I think... Um... You look at our receiving core. I think that's a great example. When you add the likes of a Pierre Garçon and you add a Marquise Goodwin and an Aldrich Robinson, um, these are these are all players um, that fit into what Kyle's doing. Two of them been with Kyle. Uh, we needed to get better there, and we got better. Boom. Done. Now, how many of you would have guessed that he was going to say wide receiver? Now, listen, if you really think about it, what was the worst position on the team last year? The least productive position on the team last year. Had to be wide receiver, right? Not hard to improve it. So getting an older Pierre Garçon, a semi-productive Goodwin, and an Aldrich Robinson who filled in from time to time, yeah, we probably did get better there. We probably did get better. Now let me tell you guys something. I have a whole thing here. From this PFT interview, at I since I didn't like, don't like Mike Florio so much, I wasn't gonna play it. I wasn't gonna do that. But you know what? I'm gonna give this to you guys on this podcast anyway. Since we're here, I might as well go ahead and get the coverage of this PFT interview out of the way. All right. So, uh, yeah, 
I'm going to give you, we'll call this bonus, I would say footage, but it's not a video, but bonus audio, okay? So, I want to talk about something else that made headlines since the last time we recorded, and that was John Lynch making a pitch to Raiders fans, you know? So, he, as soon as the NFL voted that Raiders were going to move to Las Vegas, he made a comment along the lines of, and this is just me being very general, not trying to quote him at all, but... Hey, Raider fans, don't be sad. We got plenty of room on the bandwagon over here. Be a 49ers fan. That's That was his message to the Raiders. Well, that caused a little bit of a stir. People said that was unprofessional. He shouldn't have said it. So Mike Florio, being the guy that he is, he asked him about it. Let's see what John Lynch had to say after having some time to reflect on his initial comments and in welcoming Raider fans to become 49er fans. Listen to him. So Mike Florio flat out asked him, are you going to make a pitch for Raider fans? Here's his response. Uh, listen to this laugh. It's kind of, never mind, just, just listen. <laughs> I, I, you know, again, in this world, everything gets out of context. And having been in the media, I should have known that. And that probably was too soon. I, before that, I had said, listen, I'm a Charger fan. And I, we just went through this in San Diego. So I understand the kick in the gut. Um, that fans are feeling, uh, the emotions, anger, disappointment, all of those things. Um, you know, I also said that the Raiders are extremely strong brand. Having broadcasted some of their games, try to fly in out of that airport, I see how many fans come from all over to support the Raiders. I kind of threw in at the end that, uh, you know, every anybody in the Bay Area who doesn't want to go come our way and uh, probably wish I could take that back. But, uh, you know, hey, the offer still stands. Well, and here's... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I... After that long-ass apology, Mr. Super PC says he sneaks that shit in there so easily, so smooth, but the offer still stands. I love it. I absolutely love you know. Let me play it again for you. Listen to this. I probably wish I could take that back, but, uh, you know, hey, the offer still stands. Well, man. <laughs> oh, my God. How can you not love that? All that apologizing. That man apologized for a full 40 seconds. He apologized profusely. I shouldn't have said it. I'm in the media. I should have known better. I was in the media. Uh, but the offer still stands. He just threw that quick-ass jab in there. I love it. I absolutely love it. And he wasn't done there either. He wasn't done. Later on in the interview, he throws another little subtle jab in there. Check this out. And I think provided we get things right on the playing field, then we're plenty big enough to take care of the Bay Area. You and so the question was, is the Bay Area big enough for two teams, or do you kind of prefer to be the only team there? And he said, provided we get things right on the field, I think we're plenty enough to satisfy the Bay Area. Guys, he really doesn't give a shit. I love it. There is no filter with the dude. There's a filter... He can't help but to be honest. That's what we've been missing. That's what we've been yearning for. It's him. He's answering the tough questions. And even though he's giving he's giving you the PC crap, but he can't help but be himself. It's awesome. It's absolutely amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. But the offer still stands. If we get things right, we're plenty big for the Bay Area. I love it. Way to go, John. All right, so there's, there's something else, too. He's, he's sitting here, and he's doing this interview with Mike Florio, and this is something that we already went over, 
and I'm going to tie this back to Stefan's original question, and it's about the draft. Um, he he hints, he kind of insinuates his his draft philosophy or scheme. At least to me, he does. So I'm going to play this to you guys, and you tell me if you took it the same way. I'll elaborate afterwards. Okay, check this out. So before I before I play this, let me just give you guys the back because I, I he's so long winded. It's hard to play the original question then the part of the answer you want because it's three minutes later. But uh, he was talking about how they built something strong in free agency for the offense, and now it's kind of time to focus your thoughts and energy on the defense, okay? So just just listen to this, all right? I'm, I'm not going to play Florio's question because it's so long ago that you guys are going to lose track of what's happening. So now we're talking about what is your – draft philosophy going to be for this year is it going to be to address offense or is it going to be to address defense so check this out uh offensively i think we we took an approach let's fill a lot of holes offensively that that we felt like we had um this draft is a very strong defensive draft and so we can go into this draft and really feel poised and good about going and adding to our team there um but yet we didn't neglect the defensive side of the ball and i think what i'm most proud of and kyle's most proud of uh we did it with the type of guys we want they're all okay 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 i gotta stop it but what what i got from that was we kind of put some band-aids on this bleeding offense all right now maybe yeah maybe we needed stitches but we worked with what we could get. We put some Band-Aids on there. And not only were they Band-Aids, they were the kind of Band-Aids we wanted. You say we need stitches. We say butterfly stitches, which are Band-Aids, will be okay for now. That's good enough to get us to the emergency room. All right, enough of this. I don't know. I'm, I was trying to tie it together. I'm just going to let it go. And no, I'm not going to delete any of this. I'm going to let this be in here, unedited, unfiltered just how I like to bring it to you guys. So I think that's it. I think I'm done with the, the John Lynch stuff and everything, but yeah, Stefan, um, back to your original thing in the top three need being pass rusher, wide receiver and quarterback. I think you're right. It, it really seemed like they're going to go defense first pass rusher. All right. Derek Barnett. And then maybe wide receiver. And then quarterback at some point. So I don't have any favorites or anything like that. I don't want to be biased, but I think you were right, man. So thanks for submitting that question to me, man. Again, a truly, um, truly, truly touched by just even you taking the time out. I don't care if it only took you three minutes to record that. It doesn't matter to me. It's the fact that you were willing to do it that I appreciate, okay? So... Thanks a lot. I think I'm done, Faithful. I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I'm going to get out of here. And uh, while we're waiting for the world to change, we keep doing what we have to do. I'm going to keep waiting for the draft. And until then, I'm going to leave you what I leave you with every single podcast, if I remember. And that is Faithful Unite. I'm out of here. <laughs>